Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and today we have another kind of church planting episode, and I got John Lewis here with me. Hello and good day. Yeah, our uh, resident American. Um, we missed John, actually, for like three weeks, so it's good to have you back, buddy. Oh, thank you. Glad to be back. Uh, which is actually why we're doing this podcast. John was actually in Labrador for three weeks of October, right? Most of October. Yeah, it was like two and a half weeks. Two and a half, yeah. Uh, which I'm actually kind of jealous of because I've never been to Labrador. <laughs> so our resident American has seen more of our province than I have, apparently. <laughs> I don't like that idea. Oh, you'll, lo- you'll love it when you do go. <laughs> All right, John. Um, so you have you've had an interesting trip. Um, I've gotten to hear bits and pieces about your trip, and uh, we're partnering with a church up in Labrador, and that was part of this trip. That so you would go up, you would preach with them, and you would kind of like help assess what the need was like up there. So let's let's talk about your trip. But first off, what was your trip like to Labrador? Because I know you had a bit of an interesting trip on your way up there. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was uh, interesting. Uh, originally, I was going to take a flight from St. John, stop in Deer Lake, and then go on to Goose Bay, um, and we took off just fine. It was a bit bumpy that morning, but um, you know, just your average kind of commuter flight. Mm-hmm. Um, and we almost got to Deer Lake, and I and I and I was told by the folks in Labrador, you have to emphasize deer when you say Deer Lake, otherwise you don't sound like you're from here. But anyway, <laughs> we were, uh, you know, we were we were coming on in. We were uh, descending, and the flight attendant lady was all buckled in. I'm looking out the window watching us come down for a landing, and I see her pick up the little phone, and she just kind of closes her eyes and shakes her head no. I say, oh, that doesn't look good. And then I hear him power up the engines, and we, we gain altitude. Mm. I like, oh, what are we doing? And uh, then the captain gets on and says, sorry, but the, uh, the de-icing uh, mechanism is broken on the plane. The only mechanic is in St. John. So back we go. <laughs> that, that's pretty serious, right? <laughs> yeah, we were, I mean, we were right there. And so we, it takes, it takes about 45 minutes flying. So we came all the way back to St. John's landed. I think it was probably, I don't know, about noon. And so I just sat in the airport for six hours till I could get another flight. And fortunately I got a direct flight that second time around. So. Yeah. So you didn't even land in deer like then? Nope. Yes. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like leave it to Newfoundland, right? The only mechanic that can <laughs> fix this is back in the capital city where we left from. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it, like I said, it was a little bit bumpy uh, in St. John. Apparently there were some uh, low-level winds, which I don't, I, I'm guessing that's probably pretty common being out here. On the, I would say, yeah. You know, um, but, you know, for smaller planes, you get bumped around a little bit. But once you get up a couple thousand feet, it goes away. So it's not bad. So what time did you get into Labrador that that night then after your six uh, hour wait? I think it was right at eight thirty their time. Okay, um, but it just since uh, the time of year it was already dark, so I couldn't really see a whole lot. So I had to wait till the next day to really, yeah, yeah, view of the area. Yeah, I can remember you messaged us, and I was like, uh, "Is anyone like do you want to be picked up? Like, <laughs> you know, are you okay? Because a six hour wait." And, you were supposed to be there that yeah. afternoon or that morning. Yeah, and, and with COVID, there was only uh, one little sandwich shop open in the St. John's Airport. There's a little convenience store, but everything closed uh, by 4 p.m. It's all shut down. 
Dude, that's brutal. <laughs> Was your phone charged? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I make sure I always carry a charging cord with me. Well, at least you had that. <laughs> in the St. John's Airport, it's nice. They have the plug-in stations right there where the seats are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's awesome. I've only ever flown a handful of times, uh, so I'm still getting used to it, to be honest. And uh, we're we're flying to, you know, down Atlanta, Georgia, come Sunday. And I can almost guarantee you that if I wear a hoodie, which I probably will because we're flying at like 5 a.m. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will be randomly selected. <laughs> Because I'm wearing a hoodie, I have a beard, <laughs> and I have tattoos. Could be. And it, almost every time, if I wear a hoodie and I have my beard a bit bigger, which it is now, <laughs> I will be randomly selected. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's not very random. Yeah. Well, this time of year, there was a lot of a lot of people were wearing big coats on the plane, but I think that was more so you kind of ball them up like a blanket. Yeah, yeah. Use them as a pillow kind of thing. So. That's a good idea. I should pack my wife's little neck pillow thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I do not own one. All right, John. So um, you get into Labrador. Um, you can't see much. You wake up the next morning. What were your first impressions of that part of our province? Well, the first thing right off the bat that got me was it was a little more colorful, uh, being that it was fall. Uh, lots more colors in the trees. Like, okay, let me stop of- you right there. More colorful than St. John's. So Yes, than St. John's. <laughs> because uh, here it seems like, uh, what are these, like uh, pine and spruce trees? A lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we do have a lot of that, even though it's central. But you do have, like, if you move more towards the West Coast, I mean, like, Cornerbrook is absolutely yeah. beautiful in, in the fall. Time, yeah, right? we could see that uh, coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see yeah. the yeah. colors coming back. Um, but, I mean, not that it, it's not bad, uh, like in St. John's, because I love the, uh, it smells like uh, Christmas tree farms. Like when I go out and go hiking mm-hmm. and stuff here, I love it. Uh, but there, it, that's what kind of caught my eye. But also what comes with that color comes a lot more work because you. Uh, the whole time I was there, I saw people raking leaves and mowing their lawns mm-hmm. to, to try and chop the leaves up uh, because everything was falling off the trees there. And that last week I was there. But uh, that was one thing that caught my eye. Um, you know, And once I got out and started looking around um, – to me, it comes across as a very country or rural type mm-hmm. area. Yep. Um, so, like, I live down in the Goulds, um, so I'm a little bit out of town, and it, it kind of equated with that. Like, okay. that kind of slower pace, not so much traffic kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of a feeling. And um, with that, you kind of get that everybody knows everybody kind of sense. Mm. You know, you have that here in St. John's. Um to a sense, probably more so around the bay, like when yeah, you get into yeah, the city. But yeah. yeah, once you get into the city, it's not so much. It's more common last names. Um, but in a smaller community, I think Goose Bay and Happy Valley, maybe 9,000 people or so. I think it's around there, yeah. Kind of spread out. Um, and, you know, but but it's still it's still very, it's nice. It's a nice kind of a compact community in that it's, it's easy to get around. It's not like uh, just you know, spread out in a bad way. Not like you're trying to figure out your way how to drive downtown St. John's. Yeah. Because that is a <laughs> state, man. Like, that is... Yeah. I can remember... Now, now, okay, so, this again, this coming from the guy that's currently planting a church down Saint, in downtown St. John's. Um, but whenever we came in from back home at Central, I would hate downtown St. John's because it's a mess. And when you don't <laughs> live here... I was like, how does anyone drive this? Now, living here, is, it, I know exactly where to go, which roads are one oh, yeah. way, because everything is a mess. Yeah. Uh, but driving in and visiting St. John's, I hated so much going downtown. <laughs> so what were your first impressions of uh, the church up there that, we've, that we're that we partnering with? 
Uh, it was good. I mean, they have a, a very nice building there um, that Northern Cross is um, a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, also the uh, the cross, they have a cross in their floor, right, when you first enter? Yeah, it's is like that, a, a tiled. Uh, is that from Labradorite? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, for those listening, Labradorite is uh, its own type of marble here mm-hmm. in, um, well, in, in Newfoundland Labrador, but in Labrador. And it's got this bluish tint to it almost, this, this hue yeah. to it. And I think that's the only place in the world that you can get it. It's, it's specifically, you know, from Labrador. You can't get it anywhere else. So it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. and you see it all in the uh, souvenir craft shops, too. Yeah. It's yep. very popular. But, um, but yeah, and uh, the people I met there, you know, very friendly. Uh, most of them are not... The, the folks that I met right off the bat were not from that part except for maybe two people. Okay. Uh, everybody else was either Newfoundland or Ontario. Um, but uh, it's a good, it, you know, it, they, they have a good, they're, they're pretty much equated with us on, on theology and their format of their church service. And, uh, but because they're, uh, they haven't had a pastor for more than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they've been just kind of going through a time of uncertainty. Um, and three of the families are really trying to hold the church together. Uh, but they're all working full time. So they're Mm. all very busy people. So naturally your, your outreach, your discipleship, you know, kind of. Yeah. Something has to suffer, right? Because there's only so much time in the run of the day. Um, only so much energy a person has to Mm -hmm. devote to things like that. And plus, uh, with all the COVID restrictions, uh, and the uncertainties that came with that, that kind of pushed like it did everywhere, uh, people away from church, Mm. uh, just out of safety concerns. And so it's been slow going, trying to get folks to come back to church. Okay. You know, there's kind of a multifaceted reason for, uh, things going in decline, uh, not just there, but all over the world. So, so what was the community like? like was it was there a mall? Like, are there traffic lights? Like, um, you know, is there's <laughs> there's two traffic lights in town, and one <laughs> has been broken for a couple of years. So it's a oh really stop? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was kind of a joke. A lot of the folks told me. Um, uh, but as far as the community, yeah, I mean, they have a. Um, they're not, you know, like completely isolated like remote like you can't get things mm. they, they do have a nice uh grocery store and they have a, a north mart kind of like a walmart uh on the other end of town and uh, right where the hospital is the town leaders have cleared an area that they're that's going to be kind of considered downtown okay in the future uh there's a really nice really big ymca that was just built there and there's a Tim Hortons right next to it. And that Tim Hortons is incredibly busy. Mm. I mean, the, the, the line to go through the drive through every morning was out on the road. So that would, pro- <laughs> that would be the only Tim Hortons within like... Uh, well, they have another one that's closer to the actual CFB base. Okay. Um, right at a gas station. It's, a, it's not a, like a bigger one. It's just a little small inside of a kind of a mini strip. Okay. Like an express one. Yeah. yeah. But right where that YMCA and Tim Hortons are, they're expecting that to be like eventually maybe a mini strip mall and maybe some other bigger right on. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got plans. And then the, uh, the, the college of the North Atlantic is right there too. Mm. Um, so there are things, um, opportunities for the people who live there. Uh, there's a lot of people also travel 
to the outer communities from there on the northern coast. Uh, do, I'm not really sure what kind of occupations they do. Aside, I mean, obviously medical is, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but going around and, and talking to some of the people there, it was, it, it was a real interesting mix. It was nice talking to people who had moved there and decided to live there. Uh, that came from Ontario. Uh, there were some folks I met from New Brunswick, um, and of course Newfoundland folks there. Um, and it, it was just it, it was a nice learning experience, you know. So did anyone uh, react strange to you because you you're obviously from America? Like it's not hard to pick up well, a southern draw. Here. That's no, that and that was kind of surprising at first because I would ask people, I say. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm not from here. Right. And they go, Oh no, you're not from here. We can tell. And I'd say, but, um, where do you think I'm from? And they'd, well, if we had to guess from the States, and, yeah. you know, and then the more I talked to him, I said, well, you don't really react like, you know, kind of like here. It's like when you talk, people go, Oh, well, you're not from here. You know, there it's more because the, the base at Goose Bay, you know, for years was an American strategic air command base. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, they turned it over in the uh, mid-70s um, to Canada, and it became like a NATO base. And so there's been everybody, like Dutch, French, German, uh, just everybody comes in and out of there. Uh, it's scaled back a lot now, and it's mostly just Canadian forces, but there are still teams that come through there. Mm-hmm. So it's not uncommon for you to walk through the grocery store and hear somebody speaking German or Dutch or French or, you know. Okay, yeah. So... So, and then plus, like I said, they, there are folks from Ontario, there's folks there from Alberta and Vancouver. Um, so yeah, I mean, Happy Valley is probably a good eight or nine hours probably from the Quebec border, but it is yeah. part of the mainland. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. definitely a lot, definitely yeah. easier at least to get so, there as opposed to yeah. taking a ferry or a plane directly to Newfoundland. Yeah. And it, as small as it is, it's more of a melting pot than what I think I've seen down in St. John's, mm. you know, St. John's, you do have some immigrants, uh, communities and all, but, but there it's, it's since it's smaller, it's kind of more visible mm-hmm. you know what i mean now, not to say that I'll, either that uh, parts of labrador aren't isolated because it is oh yeah i mean you've yeah, got your mountains <laughs> up there you've got uh McCovic <laughs> and nane you know nane is yeah. right on up on mm-hmm. the edge of the coast there yeah um and you can only get in and out by plane basically yeah right yeah and that's that the fellow i was staying with um you know he, that's what he does is uh that the morning i was leaving he was packing two suitcases, one full of medical supplies and the other one full of food and a little bit of clothing. Because um, he said, uh, I asked, I said, why are you packing so much food? He said, well, we, it's good to bring your own food up there. So I was like, oh, wow, that is kind of remote hmm. then. <laughs> so um, we already talked a bit, bit of the differences, um, but how would you compare Labrador to Newfoundland, whether it be the gospel need or just the people, how they reacted to you, um, the culture? Uh, how would you compare the two? Because I know you know people do find a difference going to Labrador. Oh yeah, coming yeah. to the island. No, it's a uh, Newfoundland, especially St. John's. I mean, I, I I drove across Newfoundland when I first got here. Mm-hmm. So I got to see a lot of it and talk to a little bit of people. Um, but Newfoundland, like what I envision Newfoundland to be, is what I see here in St. John's, and it's like a maritime province, and you hear those accents that it's kind of like that kind of sounds Irish over there. This guy sounds a little Scottish maybe. And then um, 
just that that maritime kind of talk. Atlantic. Yeah. You include yeah. Newfoundland, it's Atlantic, John. Yeah, Atlantic, yeah. <laughs> um, maritime does not include Newfoundland. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, that shows my anyways. ignorance. But <laughs> <laughs> and that's just like the Newfoundland coming in front yeah. of me. Like, but I mean, like when I, that, when I describe Newfoundland, uh, you know, like this part of Canada, it's like that's what I expect. Well, when you go to Happy Valley Goose Bay, it's more... This is a northern community. It's not mm. what I consider what I would consider a coastal community with the uh, that part of the heritage and culture that Newfoundland has. I mean, it's it's the same province, and you do have a lot of Newfoundlanders there, but um, it's just it's different. You know, it um, it kind of it's it's mainland Canada. So so the people that were from Newfoundland Labrador were up there from Labrador. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find they had kind of the same accents as us, or was it a bit different? Um, it was pretty close. Okay. It was pretty close. Like the the fellow I was staying with, uh, I think the first weekend I was there, he said, if you had to guess where I was from, where would you say? I was like, oh, well, you're from Newfoundland, brother. <laughs> 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 just, you know, you can you can hear it. And um, uh, I remember that going through the grocery store, um, just kind of, you know, slowly walking through the store. I'd hear some folks talk, and I'd be like, okay, that's Ontario there. Mm. Oh, there's Newfoundland there, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's, uh, yeah, to me, at least my, I can pick up on it a lot better now. So yeah. After being around us for a while, I mean, I'm probably one of the, can you hear an accent on Dave? I need to ask because I don't think Dave has much of an accent. No, not so much. Um, yeah. Probably me more than anyone I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes Matt doesn't really have much of one. Maybe he lost it in Australia. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he, he might have, yeah, he, he forgot to pack that. Uh, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, so you also got to preach for three Sundays. Yes. Um, what was that like for you? Um, it was it was good in that, like, uh, I liked the experience of preaching to, to, to learn from it. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you make anyone cry? No. Uh, they might have got a little drowsy listening to <laughs> me. But. So quick, quick segue. Um, I worked with... Uh, my father-in-law for a little bit. And of course, all the guys found out I had my credentials with the Pentecostal assemblies. And, uh, one guy, he tried to razz me so much, right? Wasn't a Christian thought it was all just a bunch of, you know what? And anyways, he asked me that question, right? Have you ever made anyone cry? I'm like, well, there's been times people have had tears. I'm not going to lie. He's like, yeah, I'd cry too. If I heard you preach. And I was like, dude, ouch. Right. Like, yeah. Now, again, you're working construction, you expect that kind of yeah, stuff. Right? I was like, yeah. go on, boy, right? Get out of here. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so what was the experience like for you? Um, it was good because uh, to me, it's, it's you know, it's not something I've done a whole lot of. I mean, just um, usually the smaller groups, and this was mm-hmm. a smaller group too. Um, not much feedback from them. You okay. Because like, like when we practice preach here, you know, I get, I love, you know, I get the feedback and I love it because it's like, okay, they're pointing out to me, okay, you need to improve this, mm-hmm. improve that, maybe work this a little different, you know. Um, there, it's kind of like almost when you, you know, uh, I, I guess maybe the, like for me, I know me growing up, I would have never have criticized or, or told the pastor like, hey, bro, you know, you were a little dry in this part here. <laughs> or, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? I, I would have never, so I understand they wouldn't do that either, but um but I kind of walked away thinking, I guess that felt good. Did that sound good? Yeah, I think it sounded good. Maybe it did. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that happens even now for me, right? Once you get out of the pulpit, you're like, oh, like, 
did I do that right? Yeah. I can't believe I forgot this part. I really yeah. wanted to say, I missed that. Did I say that right? right? Yeah. Like that happens all the time. Um, Plus, we had a, um, we were um, using a microphone there mm-hmm. that was only sensitive, like, if you were close to it. Okay. So, it was like you were kind of confined. Like Oh, you couldn't really move you, around yeah, a whole lot. Don't move two inches that way or this way because we can't hear you anymore. So, mm-hmm. It was, it was, so you had to kind of remain kind of rigid. So do you know, like, what, what have they been doing for preachers up until now? And, like, because they don't have a pastor right now. No, they, they there's a, a pastor just uh, down the road uh, from Happy Valley Baptist Church that'll come in and fill in for them okay. every so often. Yep. Uh, but usually two of the elders will kind of trade off, and um, they'll, they'll, it kind of, give a good Bible lesson, mm-hmm. um, you know, something they can all relate to and just kind of fill in. And, you know, it has been difficult on them because, like I said, they all work full time and they're trying to do this. And, and I think that's why they reached out to us for help um, because it, Labrador, um, in Goose Bay, Labrador in particular, that's not the easiest place to recruit somebody to, mm-hmm. um, being that it is a remote location and that... Um, you know, some people, uh, people that love the outdoors would probably think it was heaven. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, because I could r- easily see several of my friends from back home loving that place. Uh, but other folks who enjoy the uh, conveniences of living in the city or, um, you know, just uh, being in a bigger metropolis, mm-hmm. they might say, oh, there's nothing to do up there. There's nowhere to go. Everything's so far away. So they, they kind of run into that um, trying to recruit someone. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've had much luck, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can help fill that void. So there's also a big need of, and we're not going to get into this on this episode, but, you know, you do have an uh, indigenous population up there, a lot of uh, Native Americans, of uh, Innu and Inuit, mm-hmm. um, and then there's some Métis there as well. Uh, but there's been a lot of hurt done in that area, mm-hmm. um, a lot of damage done. So obviously anyone going up would have to think about this, about, you know, mm-hmm. how are you going to reach out? And like, we're not trying to say, you know, you can't have your culture in Jesus too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we need to balance the fact of Jesus, Christianity just doesn't just wipe out your culture yeah. or your heritage. Yeah, and it was interesting to learn how much Christianity is ingrained in their culture. Mm. I mean, it's been around for almost 200 years now. Uh, I believe it came over with the the uh, Moravians and the early time, like the Jesuits and the Catholic Church came mm-hmm. in. Yep. Um, so you have a mixture of different denominations up there. Um, unfortunately, you know, just uh, you know, understanding the times and and where the churches are, several of those denominations are no longer really a big influence in that area anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the Moravian Church is real small. Um, they have a couple of ladies, I think, that keep it going. Okay. But they haven't had a pastor in years there. Um, I met the pastors from the Pentecostal church. That seems to be the biggest. Yeah, I think there. it is the biggest church um, there. Catholic church would be second, but it but it's not very big in, in, far, in terms of like what we'd see here in St. John. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a united church um, and also a Salvation Army somewhere. In that area, maybe not in Goose Bay, but somewhere in one of those communities nearby, there's a Salvation Army, and it's it you know it's pretty small too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all met one of the days uh, on the CFB base. They have a, a kind of what they call a Lake Melville ministerial board, and they invited me to it, and I got to 
tell everybody who I was and represented Mile and Mission, and I got to meet all of them and got to hear a little bit of their stories, you know, what they're trying to do uh, to stay in operation and, and reach the community. And, um, and they were curious about what our visions were for mm-hmm. the future, too. So. so how would you describe the gospel need there in Labrador? I mean, we've talked a lot about St. John's before on podcasts, like what the gospel need is here, what your experience has been like. Um, so after your two and a half, three weeks in Labrador, what would you say about the gospel need in Labrador? I would say it's pretty significant. Um, there is a, a sense of, like I said, there's this undercurrent of Christianity in the, in the culture there. Mm-hmm. Um, and But there seems to be a real lack of discipleship. Okay. Like people know about Christianity mm-hmm. or they are Christians, but they're very lukewarm because they, and we talked to some people while I was there uh, that would say, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian, used to go to church, but, you know, kind of got away from it, COVID and all that and blah, blah, blah. And they just need encouragement to come back and to build their faith. Um, and as a result, you, you see um, a sort of apathy there okay. uh, with the changing times, whether it be because of... Uh, political or economic influences in their lives, uh, there, there's kind of a, a sense of constant mild depression. Like people don't know, like they don't know where to put their hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the only thing that's going to fill that void is Jesus, you know, and to, to bring that message to them and bring it back to the community and, and be that shining light within that community. I mean, it, it's just... The opportunity and the potential there is great, mm. you know, for a church to truly go in there and make a difference. Well, that's great, man. Um, thanks for joining me. And um, if you're listening, look forward to more podcasts about Labrador. Um, I'm hoping to eventually schedule a call with someone up there, have them join us so they can tell us about their experience there in Happy Valley Goose Bay, um, what they see on the ground day to day. So you're not just taking you know, our word for it. We can hear someone actually from there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks a lot, John. Oh, thank you. And if you're listening, I hope you enjoy and catch us again next week. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.